What's going on, Sens fans? Welcome back to the New Era Sens podcast. I'm your host, Jacob, and I'm here with Jordan, as per usual. Um, it's It's been a pretty rough week in Ottawa. Um, there's been a lot of COVID cases. There's been a lot of injuries. Um, there's just There's been a lot of losses. Um, it, it probably isn't the best locker room to be in right now. Um, but overall, the Sens have been playing really good hockey. So um, first off, how are you doing, Jordan? And what do you think of this week, I guess? Yeah, I'm doing good. Kind of wish there's a few more wins to talk about. It's been a while. <laughs> but uh, no, like like you said, like last night against LA, Ottawa played a great game for the most part. Like both of their goals, like LA's goals came off deflections. And then Gus was great. And then like Boston, they were in that game like most of the way. Even the yeah. Tampa game they're in, like Paul hit a post of like three minutes left when it was like a one goal game. Like they're in like outside of the Chicago game, and I think Probably the Vegas game, but I think that was more so like Leonard playing amazing. They've been in a lot of these games and could like the record's better than or the the team's better than the record shows. Yeah, so as it sits right now um, on Friday morning, uh, Ottawa is second last in the league. Uh, Chicago has leapfrogged us, which is really rough to think about. Um, but like you said, we're in all of these games, but we're missing right now nine players um, just due to COVID. So it puts us in a weird position because we should be winning some of these games, but we have all the excuses in the world not to be. And it's still frustrating. Yeah. Like you never want to rely on excuses. Like <clears throat> I know the Sharks went through a similar thing. I don't know how they've been doing. I haven't paid much attention to them since the start. But, like, I know they've gone through – they had, like, six or seven guys on COVID as well at one point. But, yeah, it's especially for a team like Ottawa, at best, if they're fully healthy, if no injuries of COVID, like, they were maybe a bubble team. Yeah. But then, like, most people were like, yeah, they're probably going to be bottom 10, get another top 10 pick. Like, that's probably most most accurate. But with all this COVID and injury stuff, like, yeah, it hasn't impacted as of yet, knock on wood any of the top end talent like the top line still there Stutzla and Shabbat is still there like those who the guys you need but when you don't have like the depth really like you have good depth but it's like with Colin White being out for most of the year people may not like the contract but he's still an NHL player and then wait until you see who his replacement is when he's out yeah exactly like it, it sucks having all these guys out yeah and so um, let's just get right into it and talk about who um, who is out. So placed in the COVID protocol over the last, uh, I don't know, five days, four days or so, um, Austin Watson, Dylan Gambrell, Connor Brown, Alex Formanton, uh, Josh Brown, Nick Holden, Victor Mete, Nikita Zaitsev, Matt Murray, and coach uh, Jack Capuano. So that's a, that's a pretty big dent in the team. Yeah. Um, this, uh, this might be a hot take. I'm not quite sure. Um, this shouldn't cost us games. The, the vibe in the room might, um, but these are all interchangeable depth options. Like you said, there is no top of the lineup guys that are out. Connor Brown is a second line right winger on this team, but like we didn't lose Drake Batherson, Brady Kachuk, Josh Norris, um, and Zub until last night and Shabbat. Um, and so, like, I don't think this lineup should be costing us games, um, other than the fact that there's just a lot going on in everybody's head right now. Um, 
just because all of these guys are still like depth options. Um, and I could see them being on the team even without COVID. Um, there's no crazy. Um, so for call ups, we have uh, Igor Sokolov, uh, Lassie Thompson, Eric Ranstrom, and Dylan Hetherington. All four of those guys are playing fantastic. Um, and I don't think that there's an excuse really there. So I, I do think that this team can win games with the current roster they have. Yeah, and I'm with you because, like, like we've said, the the top end talent, the guys who you want to be the best and have been the best for most of the year, like they're still in the lineup and their line still together. But with the depth out, it's like the depth depth is also out now. Like in a healthy yeah. line, Dylan Gambrell probably isn't playing. Yeah, and then he came in, was good, and he's gone. And like Watson, poor guy, gets off like injured start the year, plays like a game, and comes back and goes immediately on the COVID list. And it's once the depth depth is gone, and then we got like Scotty Sabrin back in the lineup. Logan Shaw has been here underratedly, like he's been very solid his entire like time with Ottawa this year. Like I think a lot of people were surprised he was the guy to stick around, but I mean, he's been great in his yep. role. Like, no complaints there. But yeah, like excuses only get you so far. Like you still have your top top guys. You still have Shabbat. You paying Shabbat or Bath of Sin. Kachuk, all this money, like just just because your bottom six is out or getting rotated in and out, like you still have to win games. Yeah, and so it's just looking at this lineup. I don't feel obviously there's a lot of different names, but I don't feel it's any worse than it has been um, most of the season. Sure. Um, in all honesty, last night was one of the best defensive groups we've seen, and. <laughs> uh, there was a combined by the end of the game. There was a combined eighteen games this season played on that decor. Yeah, and Shabbat had twelve of them. <laughs> yeah, someone someone had like the games played stat. And it was like Dozado, who's over seven hundred games, which good for him. That surprised me. And then it was like Shabbat around two hundred or so. And then it was like Brandstrom was the third most veteran guy. Yeah, and he's played like sixty games. Like Hedington's played like ten. That was Thompson's debut. Uh, Zoop has only played like six, like around Brandstrom's amount. Like, that was yeah. an experienced decor, and they they were fantastic for the most part. Yeah, so um, I guess we can start with them. Um, oh, well, let's start with goalie. Um, obviously, Matt Murray is out. Um, Philip Gustafson has no idea what's going on in his life. He's getting called up and down for no reason. Um, and this isn't like last year where we saw this with Brandstrom. Um, last year on the off days, Branstrom would just get sent down every time to save money. This yeah. isn't that situation. Um, it, it's just we have three capable goaltenders, and one of them can play in the, in the AHL. So um, it, it's a really tough situation because he deserves the starter in Ottawa, yeah. but is the only one capable of playing in Belleville where he sucks. So <laughs> it is. It's so weird. Like, I, I forget, I think it was Noodles. As I stated before, like being a goalie in the AHL or ECHL, it's just so different because it's so much less structured. Like you don't know where the like you back the play to go this way and it goes that way. You expect your defenseman to do this, he does that. So it's a lot harder for a goalie down there for the most part. But yeah, Gus's situation, like he's really earned the Gus the Bus nickname. Like he's just going back and forth all like last like all year so far. But uh, yeah, he's been fantastic and. It sucks for Murray because it's like he has the flu, plays good for like a game and a half, gets hurt, comes back, is solid for like two games, 
and I was on COVID. So, like, you can't even complain. Like, Mary's been good. Yeah. But it's just been better. And I'm all for keeping the three goalies. I, I prefer to keep all three goalies up for as long as you can, especially with Mary's health. You don't want to put Forsberg on waivers and him just to like, be jettisoned off to, I don't know, Minnesota or something. I don't know who needs goalie. But he'll probably get claimed. Yep. So, yeah, the goal situation is pretty fluid right now, but Gus deserves to start his net. Yeah. Um, it, no matter what way you put it, I don't think he can really do wrong. Um, Anton Forsberg has been playing not as well as he has last year, um, but he has been playing well um, for the most part. And, yeah, Matt Murray has been fantastic. So um, look to see when all of these guys are healthy, what kind of decisions are made. Uh, I do think this team wants to have Forsberg or uh, Gustafson as the starter. Um, it's just a matter of making ends meet and making things work in the lineup um, yeah. and not leaving Belleville abandoned because once you... That's, that's already gone. They're abandoned. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, but once you make Gustafson the starter, then that's that's it. Like, if you if you wave Forsberg, you don't have another goalie. Um, yeah. Obviously, we have, like, Sogard and uh, just all these guys we can call up, but we don't have another NHL goalie yet, so... Yeah, like if you if you go with Gus and Murray, which I think most people want, and send Forsberg down, he gets claimed, and then Murray gets hurt again, which he does once a week. Yeah. Then so guards the next guy up. Then you have two rookie goalies under like twenty three years old as your NHL tandem. Yeah. And then you got Mandel Mando becomes the starter in the AHL, which fine. And then I don't even know who they have in the ECHL. So, yeah, we just have to call somebody up from the Gladiators and yeah, sign like like Cedric Andre again. What's he up to? Like, you come back to Belleville. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's a really tough situation, and it, it's hard to do the wrong thing. But with the way things have been going, I expect Ottawa to end up doing the wrong thing. Not even just Pierre or anything, just it falling into the wrong path. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's our goaltending situation right now. Um, a healthy Murray uh, should see a Murray and Gus tandem with running three goalies, but I guess we'll see. Um, and so yeah, on defense we had a very depleted um, decor yep. last night. So what was it? it? Was Shabbat Zub or no Shabbat Delzado, Brandstrom Zub, and then Hetherington Thompson? Yes. And I loved it. Like Hetherington was really solid. Yeah, he's basically what we were promised Josh Brown would be. Like, yeah. just kept it simple. Also, he kind of looks like Connor Brown. I don't know if that's just me. But <laughs> I saw him on the ice. I'm like, that's just Connor Brown. <laughs> but uh, anyway, no, he just kept it simple, was solid defensively, nothing fancy, like, laid some hits, got the puck out of his end, like, was able to make a like, outlet pass, which Josh yeah. Brown doesn't figure it out. But. Yeah, like Heatherton was. It is one game, so sample size and all that. But yeah, like for what his twelfth, like he was drafted like eight years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I think this was his eleventh or twelfth game. Like he perfectly fine. Like if he, I imagine he's the next guy to get sent down. Like when people start getting healthy, but if he's like the first call up again, like I have no complaints with him. Yeah, um, and he was really solid. He was credited with three hits last night, which the most on the defense um and you're right really played a perfect josh brown game and um i think he played 17 minutes and looked, fantastic. looked fantastic like it, it 
he really did. And I would be okay with seeing him stay on the team. Obviously, you're right. He's going to be one of the first guys sent down. Um, but then that kind of moves us over to Lassie Thompson, who might have a smaller chance of getting sent down. Um, in his NHL debut, played 22 and a half minutes and got moved to play beside Thomas Shabbat halfway through the game. So um, pretty good debut for him. Yeah, and I think I think they had that his 22 and whatever minutes was the most in a sense debut since uh, David Rumblan like 10 years ago. <laughs> I didn't see that one. That, that's awesome. The, the old Tarasenko like, trade. Yeah, there's like the most ever by sense like player in his debut. But no, Thompson, like, I think a lot of people soured on him last year because he had such a poor start when he had to go back to uh, Liga. Yep. But last, like, and then the AHL, not fantastic, not terrible. Like, he was good, getting better. But this year, like, he's been in camp in preseason and in Belleville so far when he was healthy. He's been their best defenseman, like, over Brandstrom, over Bernard Docker. And in this game, it showed, like, he was just solid, great stick defensively. Had good gap control, physical, was making passes. Not much of the offensive side that I didn't see personally. I think I saw like a few plays, but the first game, just keep it simple. And that's what yeah. he did. And you'd love to see, especially when he started getting reps with Shabbat. Like, if he, if they, they're going to have reps with this because those guys on the cover list are there for about 10, 10 days or so. So he's going to get a few, likely a few more games. So <clears throat> going forward, if he can keep this up, like, same thing with Hetherington, one game sample size and all that. But, like, Thompson was fantastic. Yeah, and I really think that these guys should be fighting for jobs. Um, like, I would much rather have either of Thompson or Hetherington in over Josh Brown um, and Brandstrom yeah. over Mete or Delzato, however you put it. Um, and, yeah, I, I do think there should be jobs on the line in this. It's a really unfortunate time for jobs to be on the line, but I, I do think they should be. Yeah, it sucks to lose your job because of COVID. Like, and I've seen some people like you know, even though Josh Brown has been a stinky a pile all year, don't want the guy to get sick or anything. So I hope all of them are perfectly fine and get healthy. But this is a chance for these young guys and and Hetherington, who's not so young, to make a name for like, hey, like I deserve a spot. Like I've seen Josh Brown play. I'm better than Josh Brown. So going yeah. forward, once the lineup starts getting healthy, like if they decide to keep say Branstrom Thompson up. Like Josh Brown and Mete should be the ones waived because I know Dos Auto and Sites have a huge stake in the contracts. Yeah, Mete and Josh Brown, you can easily waive them if they get claimed. Would be, and if you, it, well, you probably don't want them gone because of the COVID stuff. But st like Thompson Branstrom are better than both of them. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we can. Or before we move on, um, Zub, it didn't look like a bad hit last night. Yeah. Um, and like he didn't even fall over or anything. Like it, it wasn't much. Um, but I do think that he got caught in the head. But I don't. It didn't look like a head injury. Like there wasn't like a a jerking motion. Um, I, I would guess neck, um, a, a muscle strain in there or something. Uh, oh. But we haven't heard anything on the. Yeah, like on a that. broadcast, they're saying it looked like he was holding his like favor in his hand or holding his hand or something. So I don't know if he like jammed his wrist. Because when I first saw that and they heard that, like, this is a speculation at this point. Like, I could be way off. But yeah. when when they said hand, wrist area, like, I was thinking, like, Kirby Dock at the juniors last year, how it was just a nothing play. Yeah. And boom, wrist out. Like, and you saw it, It's like, what happened? And it's like, oh, some, something happened to break his wrist. I don't think that was Zub because he didn't look to be in pain. He looked just kind of annoyed. 
So it could be a neck thing. It doesn't look like it's a severe concussion type thing, or maybe they, it was a protocol. It's like, we already have like two NHL defensemen. You're sitting this game out. Who cares? We need you. So maybe it was precautionary, but like, I haven't heard anything yet. That could be off, but like if he's out, it sucks. Yeah. He's very clear cut. The second best defenseman on this team. Um, and yeah, hoping the best for him. Uh, but below who's already in the NHL, we only have Bernard Docker healthy and Max Gannett. Max Gannett, like who was a seventh round pick two years ago. Like, yeah, it sucks for Jonathan Aspriel. Like, he's been fantastic in Belleville and he's been out, I think, for a few more weeks with a knee thing. Yeah. So this could have been his time to shine. But um, no, like, because, yeah, they're, they're, I think. Um, okay, someone tweeted out, but they're the only guys on NHL contracts healthy in Belleville. One of them's getting called up to replace Zub if he's out for extended time. Yeah. So I kind of hope to see Gannett because that'd just be a cool story. It, it, it would be fun. And I, I'm guilty of this. I tweeted this out the other day. Um, and I said, not that I hope anybody, like, I think this was four oh, days ago, like that. right before anybody even tested positive. I said, not that I want anybody to get, to get sick. But I want to see a lineup with Thompson, JBD, uh, Brandstrom, Pinto, Sokolov, uh, Kostelik, Kelly. Just all. all I, the, I just want to see a Belleville game with the top end of this lineup. Play in the here we go. I'm getting it. <laughs> so yeah, in, so far they've all looked good. Like we haven't touched on Sokolov, but like he's not been a mate, like fantastic, but in limited minutes, like. He's looked like an NHL player. He doesn't look out of place, which is all you can ask for. And like winning puck battles, using the size, like Sokolov has been a really good add too. Yeah, he absolutely has been. And he, he his style doesn't really fit the bottom six, but yeah. the adaptability skills that he's showing, like it just in the, these two games that he's played are incredible because he's not playing his own game at all. He's playing yeah. DJ's game in the bottom six and he's doing fantastic. Like, He's winning all these puck battles against the boards. He's winning just puck battles in the neutral zone. He's keeping the puck. Like, there's nobody can take the puck from him. Yeah. And the one thing I will complain, not not about his style, his usage, is Sokolov's big attribute is his shot. Like, yep. he has a great shot. I don't know. I get he's a big body, but you can get Sokolov around the dot, the hash marks to use the shot. Like, I get having him in front of the net to screen the goalie. But you have yeah. several other big body dudes to do that. Sokolov, like, put Sanford there. He has the good hands and tight. Doesn't have a fantastic shot. Switch up, put Sokolov on the like on the dot to use it. That's the only thing I'd say you can use him a bit better and put him in a better spot. Yeah, and I mean we don't know what goes on behind the bench and what DJ is telling the guys to do. Yeah. Um, but in the game against Boston, his first game, he was parked in front of the net, being the big body. Yeah. And I think we only got one, maybe two power plays last night. Uh, but he was he was sitting at the point, which I didn't like either. Um, he was definitely too far back. Um, obviously, with his shot, he can do magic from there. But he just, I don't know, he was at the point with Brandstrom on the second unit, and I, I didn't love it. Yeah, like I get rotations happen. Like every now and then you see Kachuk at the point for some reason, like hanging out. But like, like Shock loves sweet spots, like halfway up the offensive zone, hash mark to hash mark, in like not really the home plate area, like more more towards the, whatchamacallit, the goal line. 
Yeah. But like having them from the net, I think it's a bit of a waste. Having them at the points, a bit of a waste. Yeah. Like you, you want the sweet spot where you can use a shot, <clears throat> but also be involved physically and use his body. Yeah, I, I would almost like to see him on the first power play unit. I don't want to see any of the guys come off, but either putting him in Stutzel or Batherson's spot, he would kill it. If if I was to take anyone off the first unit, it'd probably be Kachuk. Just, yeah. He loves doing that side, that net side jam play, and yeah. it work like seven, like eight out of ten times, and it just kind of kills the play. Yeah. So, like, if you were to take someone off, like, and you can't take him off. He's the captain. He makes north of eight million now, and you want him to lead. So, I just don't see where Sokolov fits on the first unit unless you take and Stutzel look good. Stutzel is just cursed. He must have just that done something. The guy yeah. Can't yeah, he Stutzel has had a rough time trying to score a goal. He's hit like four crossbars, three posts, and like highway robbery from a goalie like four times too. Like it, it's insane how terrible of luck he's had. Um, he's playing so, good. Yeah, he's playing fantastic. Like he's making amazing plays. I, I would argue that he's having a hard time getting his shots off, but even when he does, it's not doing anything anyway, and not to his fault. Like. Yeah. Defensively, I think he's actually been very good this year. Like yeah. he's a turnover, which everyone does, especially for a young player. But he's back checking hard. He's using his stick defensively now. Because I know his I don't know what his analytics are so far this year, but I know last year they were atrocious. This year I imagine it's completely opposite where he doesn't have the accountant stats to show for it, but his underlying numbers are much better. Yeah. But uh yeah, one thing I will criticize Stutzler and I tweeted last night is there was that one rush chance I had. It was a three-on-two, and he was in spot, and he tried to do the pass, I think, to Batherson, and basically just dumped it in the corner. It's, you have a good shot. Shoot the puck. And I find the yep. entire Stutzler is trying to get that perfect pass into the slot or the open guy for a clean look. Just shoot the puck. Like, both of uh, Vegas, or not Vegas, LA's goals were deflections. Yeah. Like, just, just put the puck on net and see what happens. Sometimes they're squeaking, some deflection, rebound. Like trying to make the perfect pretty pass, like especially for a team that doesn't have as much finishing talent or high end skill as some of the other teams. Sometimes you just gotta cause some havoc. Yeah. Um and it, the all in all, the biggest issue with Stutul is that he can't finish right now. Um, but you're right, like there's been a lot of passes and stuff that um maybe he should have taken the shot and just whatnot. Just I think he, I think he understood that last night. He's on that last power play when he hit the post and I think he missed by like an inch and got robbed, which was super frustrating. They did everything on that power play but score. It's like, yeah. I think he realized he's like, I, I have a good shot. Let me use it. And then he broke his stick in half, which yeah. you love, I like to see. He like, shows he cares. He's getting frustrated, which we all knew already. So like he's showing the visible frustration now, which you may want to rein in a bit. If you're a DJ, but it is good to see that he is that thick and bald. Yeah, and again, like he's he is kind of producing. Like he's got, I think, six assists in Five thirteen games now. Um, and th- obviously, that's not what you want to see on a team struggling this bad. Mm, it's not that bad. Obviously, Drake Batherson was at a pointy game before last night, um, which is fantastic, especially for my fantasy team. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so. Yeah, Stutzel will find it. Um, He's not really doing anything wrong. He's just got to keep doing what he's doing and not lose his confidence. I'd like to see him get some reps on that top line instead of Kachuk. Yeah, Um, yeah, I'd like that too. And not even more so 
with Norris because he hasn't played with a competent center. I know Paul is a great center. He's not a second line center on an offensive focused uh, line. So um, yeah, he hasn't played with a true center yet. Um, and I'd love to see him play with Norris and see what he can make. Yeah, for sure. Like his, like I think Stutzler's best game for the first few of the year when he had Pinto to work with. Yep. And like Paul, Paul's done a really good job filling that spot. Like he's mostly yep. played at the NHL level. And on a with everyone healthy, you probably want Paul on the third line, being the shutdown guy. Yep. So ask them to be the center for your most offensively talented player. It's it's a weird match, but you don't really have options. Yep. Like it's either Paul or Tierney. And both of them are more defensive third line guys. So, or is it Stutzel? Yeah, is he the two C? Yeah, just my. Who else do you have to lose? Like you have so many guys out. Like you have like what four of your top five centers hurt or got COVID or whatever. Like you have White, Pinto, Gambrell, Bishop. Yeah, all gone. So why not try Stutzel? Like you're already losing games. What are you gonna do? Lose more? Yeah, exactly. Like, I think I tweeted that I was like, try this lineup. Or move like just try things like you're already losing games yeah so like time to experiment right now i'll even run a line with stutzel paul and brandstrom i don't even care get some <laughs> offense going oh i'd love to see it <laughs> um so yeah we haven't really talked about um the forwards in general um so obviously colin white angus crookshank shane pinto clark bishop are hurt uh, Watson, Gambrell, Connor Brown, Formington are out with COVID. Um, so, and somehow Sokolov is the only one that's been called up. Like, I don't understand how we have nine forwards that aren't playing. And I guess like technically like, Kelly's played a few games, but he's kind of yeah. been dust. But he's bounced back and forth, and they got Scotty Sabrin back up, but he was mostly the like healthy scratch to start the year. So he's just kind of always kicking around. Yeah, and even like Logan Shaw, um, he's just sitting there on the fourth line. He's been doing really good. Um, I don't mind him staying if that's no like face like he's a natural winger too, I believe. So yeah. him playing center, like, and he, I think he's been the best faceoff guy on the team so far. One so of them, yeah, and he's been really good on the PK. And I think he's the one we didn't even talk about, but he's the one that they, I believe it was Shaw that passed that on that like three on one chance over to Kelly and Kelly missed the tap in last night. <laughs> yeah. The, like, so it's like, he was a good look. Like I think the pass is a bit in Kelly's feet and that's why it went wide, but you still got to bury that. Yeah. I, this team just kind of the fourth line and the first line are perfect. Like I'm completely okay with those lines. The middle six is just a jumbled mess right now. The middle six just needs some stability, not even like an upgrade anywhere or like right now they just need stability. Um, ideally we get the second line right winger, um, to push Connor Brown down. I think he's had a rough start to the season. Um, but yeah, overall this roster, even with all these injuries, it's able to win games. So I'm not really sure what else can change because like last night was an insanely close game against Boston was a very close game. And the the final goal was an assist by a broken stick. Like, Awesome. Like Ottawa can't buy a break. Also, no. Like so many goals have gone in on. Like, I think last year it was the same thing. I'm pro- it's probably more of like a just a confirmation bias thing. But last year there were so many goals where I'm like it hit off a def- like a sense player's leg or stick or head or whatever. 
like I, I think Tierney just used up all of our gold, like puck lock and just <laughs> took, and just like sapped it out of Stutzla like Space Jam style and just like sapped all of Stutzla's puck lock and just used it himself for his first like four of his five goals off like his body. Yeah, it was, that's crazy. Like, how do you score five goals and only one of them goes off your stick? Yeah, one of them's like only one of them is like a legit shot. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like that's been a huge narrative. Like last night we saw it going off Michael Del's auto. Um, I believe the night before against Boston. One went off Josh night, Brown. Josh Brown, which has also been three or four times this season. Off Josh Brown. And I think that's I think the second goal is, may have been off of Nick Paul. I can't yeah. really remember, but I, Nick Paul at least was in the in the way. And then the third one was off someone's broken stick and just like bounced up to Bergeron. Yeah, like it, it's ridiculous how much puck luck not only are the senators not getting but how much the other team is getting like and i, I did see a tweet last night that you got to kind of start looking at okay are these guys like trying to get out of the way of a block and it goes off them and in um or is it like it just happens to hit them um because i know with michael dell's auto it looked like he tried to get out of the way of that shot a little bit last night yeah and he hit his stick but yeah i think i tweeted out it's like because that also the first goal like you don't like to say, but it started because Nick Paul failed to clear the zone. He had the puck behind yeah. the goal and tried to clear and just d- didn't really whiff on it. He just didn't get off air and just basically like alley ooped it to the defenseman and they kept the yeah. play alive. But yeah, like in that situation, when Kopitar's all by himself on that side, like, but he's like a ways back, he's r- around the dots, so he's not like an immediate threat to score from there. So if you're going, if you're going to block the shot, block the shot, get down, like get big, make sure it hits you. Don't do the little curtsy thing where you stick out like a hand and a leg and your stick and try to partly block it. Yeah. Because that's the times where like we've seen a lot, like Josh Brown has done it a bunch where he kind of puts one leg out and gets like kind of goes down on one knee. Like either block the shot or just give the goalie a clear look. Yeah, exactly. So like it's it's frustrating and see like it seems like that's why I say Otter needs to shoot the puck more. Like you never know what's gonna happen when you shoot the puck. Like Zeitz have scored somehow from like the boards, I, I still don't know how that went in. <laughs> I I can't believe that he scored. Like it's just first goal or first goal from the back end of the year. Like it was Zeitz. Ugh. Yeah. Um. But anyway, congratulations to Zaitsev for getting his first. Um. I, I do want to bring up um that Drake Batherson has been playing such a good game um this whole season. Yeah, so best I play. mentioned. What was that? I said he's, the, he's been the best forward, like bar none, this year. Yeah, and um, so not only is he um, at a pointy game or was before last night, um, but he's also like laying the hits, laying the shots. Um, he like he's playing a very Brady Kachuk game this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm just really impressed with him, <laughs> um, and just, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think you forget, or people forget, not you, uh, people forget how big he is. Like yeah. he's not not just like an average size, like what six one, like one ninety guy. Like I think he's six three, like two fifty two ten ish right now, something around. Uh, that. ESPN ESPN has him listed at six three two oh six. Yeah, so that that's a big body guy. He's probably just he's probably only going to get bigger. He's still still a kid. Yeah, but uh, like he's been he's been their best forward all year like there's been the odd game where like norris looks great stutz looks great to chuck but consistently it's been 
Like Drake Batherson's been Mr. Consistency, making plays happen, and just like being like driving the offense for the most part. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, one of my favorite players on Ottawa and has been since he was drafted. Obviously, yep. I got the little the the home province connection. Nova Scotia is so small that no, home province is the same as hometown here. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I love Drake Batherson. He's been playing so physical. And he's slowed down a bit lately, um, but Which, coming right out of the gates, yeah. he's been fantastic. Like just between the legs passes, um, just really silky mitts to make plays. Scoring hat and yeah, a hat trick, and it, it's just been incredible to watch him. Like he came out of this summer just flying, and you, you got to wonder how how much is training every summer with Crosby, McKinnon, Marshawn. Like, what's that going to do to a guy? Yeah, that contract's already looking like it could be a steal. Like he, I don't expect him to keep a point per game pace up, but if he's anything around like the mid sixties, I think that contract's already looking good. Yeah. So, and that that's probably what I expect him. I expect him to flirt with thirty, hopefully get north of sixty points for this season, and I would have been happy. And so far, he's point per game pace early, yeah. but still. If this team turns it around and starts playing good hockey. <laughs> I've, I, I'm going to stick with my prediction at 35 and 35. Um, yeah. And But if they keep going down, I'm going to go about 30 and 30, yeah. But, uh, yeah, speaking of the forwards, I don't know if it's been announced any, like, uh, why, but I know Agazino came up, who was the scratch last night, but he was sent yep. down. So a lot of people, myself included, expect that to be Pinto because he was in a not, he was back in a regular, con, or regular practice jersey. So I know they said he's very close to coming back. And apparently like there was one random tweet about it was like, oh, Clark Bishop's on the ice and no one's on the ice because they canceled practice and he's just out there by himself. I'm like, that's so sad. That is quite sad. No, no one's talked about things. no one's talked about him since. I'm like, is he yeah. still on the ice by himself? <laughs> What's going on with Bishop? No one's talking. <laughs> yeah, like, like it's weird. Uh, other than the injury, like I have no idea anything. Like I don't know how long his return is. Um, I think they said it was like a, it was like a month and a half, or it was like six weeks, and it's been roughly around six weeks. Okay, so, so back like that's a guy you can plug into the lineup. Yeah, like people forget when he came over last year, like he was fantastic. Like he he was a Gambrell, but better. Like he's yeah, he's he was, not fantastic that you want to put him as your second center. But like he's fantastic as as a bottom six center. Yeah, I think I think for like he's just basically Gambrell but with more speed. Like yeah, could fly. So I imagine with Pinto and uh, say Bishop comes back, it'd probably be Sabrin and Kelly would be the ones out. Yeah. So, which like I think fair enough. Like Shaw's earned a spot to stick around and Sokolov's looked good. Yeah. And Kelly's been good too, but like. Like he, Kelly's more so just suited for the fourth line. Like at Pinto for sure over him, and then Bishop, I think he's earned a ch- at least a chance. Like that injury sucks. He probably would have been the thirteenth forward starting the year. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really good to see some guys coming back. Um, obviously, uh, and two negative tests or it's like ten days uh, that you're placed in COVID protocol. So it's not like we're screwed for like three months here. Um, Obviously, we don't know how long the virus is going to stay around uh, in the locker room, but yeah, overall, it's it's not the worst possible thing. Like some of these guys are already halfway done their quarantine or whatever, 
So yeah. I think the first person to come off is going to be Watson. He was the first one on. And I think if you go by the 10 day thing, he should be off. What day is it? Say the 12th. Yeah, the 12th. He should be off the 15th, I believe. Yeah. So, um, so shouldn't be, be, shouldn't be too long of a wait for these guys. I think we have a back to back tomorrow. We have Saturday, Pittsburgh, Sunday, Calgary. I, th- I think so. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think he's missing those games. Then after that, we'll probably see what the COVID situation is. I see when no one else goes on. I haven't seen anything yet today about that, but yeah, nothing yet. Um, I, I'm curious to see if Boston, because um, Boston, like the, it was a very in-your-face kind of game. Um, obviously, we've seen the picture floating around of Formington in the face of um, Connor Clifton. Yeah, basically. And, oh, yeah. oh, that's not. Do you also see a side note? Do you see the picture from Getty Images of Formington fighting Clifton? Yeah. Like, like a bad man just beating him down and Clifton's begging for his life. Yeah. Like, obviously, it's just a picture, but it all is the best picture. Yeah. It, it tells its own story. Oh, yeah. Um. So, yeah, we can step aside from uh, kind of how the Sens have been doing and the, all this injury stuff and talk a little bit about attendance. Um, so, last night, looked very 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 empty um and it was like only 8200 people at 44% capacity so a lot lower than a lot of people hope to see in Ottawa very good reason to not go last night um just the team is littered with covid um and and it was a thursday night like against LA against LA like it's not a huge game, and Ottawa's playing bad. Like, yeah, a lot there's of, a lot of reasons to not go see them last night. Yeah, for sure. Um, and we do see this trend with every team. Like, it's very, very obvious that COVID is taking effect on teams' attendance. Um, just because either people aren't double vaccinated, people aren't ready to go into a very large public space with twenty thousand people. Um, it, there's just a lot of factors, but I just kind of want to really quickly run through all of the attendance for every Ottawa home game this year. Okay. Um, so, and this is from like most recent to the beginning of the season. Okay. So, uh, 8,200 for 44%, uh, 12,417 for 66% against Tampa, uh, 13,211 against Vegas at 70.8%. Uh, 11,300 against Washington and the Rangers, uh, both at 60%. Uh, just under 9,000 against San Jose, so that's just just over 48%. Uh, and then our home opener, uh, 15,159. So other than our home opener, which was almost 90%, we have made it to 70% once. And it's really, 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 really low numbers. There's there's the extra Canada factor in Ottawa um, yep. that the rest of the league doesn't have. But how much of this is about Ottawa? Well, I think there's so like like you said earlier, like there's so many teams in the league struggling with this. Like you've even seen like Toronto hasn't been selling out games. Like granted, they're still at, like ninety seven percent capacity, but still like so many teams. Like I think Ottawa right now is like second or third worst in the league for attendance, like just behind Buffalo. Yeah. Like well, because Buffalo, like they've they've been like that eight thousand game was like their highest. Like they've been yeah. around that mark all year. But 
yeah, I think this is like the still the pandemic effect. The team stinks right now, so no one wants to see a losing team. The two lowest games were against West Coast teams like San Jose and LA, which aren't big draws in Ottawa. And like what was it, like a Thursday night, and I think the San Jose was like a Sunday afternoon or Sunday night or something. Yeah, I think it was like a three o'clock on Sunday kind of game. Yeah, so obviously, like there's Ottawa's attendance wasn't great before the pandemic. Like we all know that. Like they, we all know the story about covering up some of the seats or whatever. But like the team stinks, and that's just how it goes. Like Ottawa before the rebuild, they they had some of the best attendances in the league. Like yeah. people, when the team gets good, people will go to the games. And then there's also the fact that it's like what like how much of this is just people sick of like ownership like that's been a thing for for years at this point and like maybe people may just may have gotten used to being at home it's like I can just sit on my couch and watch this game yeah and like this for Ottawa this like it's in they can't have a lot of like corporate seats because so many of the jobs in the town are uh, government. Like this, so a lot like spots like Toronto and Montreal, they don't have as much government jobs, and government jobs can't have those like private seat type things. So there's a lot of things working against Ottawa for the seats and the capacity, but like it's just a thing we have to kind of bite the bullet on and just accept at this point. Like it's not going to change anytime soon. Yeah, and I mean it's been the narrative for the last three or four years um, that Ottawa's attendance is terrible. I mean we weren't even selling games one win away from the Stanley cup final. Like, yeah, it's, it is an issue in Ottawa. Like, like you said, it, the odds are stacked against us, but Ottawa isn't helping their, themselves in many ways. And COVID isn't helping Ottawa in many ways. Like it's just, there's so many factors to pinpoint it. Yeah. Like I don't, like it sucks for me. Like I've gone to two this year, but I live like I live down towards like Kingston area, so it's it's a drive for me to go up to, and it's like I have to make like a weekend of it. So like like I wish I could go to more games, but I understand like some people with the pandemic, like financially they may be hurting and can't justify going to some games, driving out there, buying stuff out there. Like there's just so many factors, like like you said, like, Ottawa is to blame for some of them, the team, the management, like everyone is a fans. Like everyone has a little bit of the blame to go around, and just no one really wants to admit it's their fault and wants to say it's the other person's fault. Yeah. Like I think the best case, and it's not going to happen anytime soon, would be the arena downtown. Yeah. Because then you just get the people coming, getting off work that want to see a game, people off willing to make a night of it instead of having to take a 45 minute bus ride to get to the game. <laughs> And which is terrible. And there's nothing that very low to do out in Canada after the game. So it, it's there's just so many things against Ottawa for that. And like, yeah, like I said, like the second or third worst in the league attendance this year. Only about like I think they may be behind Florida and Arizona now. Yeah, um, I I don't think I've ever looked at this. Um, and I know every ticket is different, but ha like, how much are tickets for an Ottawa game? They're not that bad. Like I think I got. The like mine were only I think four of us went and it was like two hundred and something bucks like two hundred oh, wow. forty bucks or something. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Um, obviously for those who are maybe this is your first episode <laughs> listening, I'm from Nova Scotia, so um, I don't really get to go see the games or anything. Um, but I, I am making the trip up in March. Um, yeah. so I I will be going to see my first Ottawa game. Um, which is well. My first regular season game. There's been lots of exhibition games out uh, out east, so 
Um, yeah, I'm really excited for that. Um, I, I, I'm not surprised by the ticket prices that those are pretty cheap. Um, obviously, at most rinks, you can get like a $60 ticket, um, like just at the very top at the back. Um, but yeah, like that's not too bad. Um, yeah, the prices are pretty good. And like, but the thing that kills, like, we took an Uber, uh, Uber out there, and I think that cost us like 80 bucks for the Uber, yeah. just 20 bucks each. And I know Auto has been trying to get more people going. They have like promotion, like they had. I don't know if you saw on Twitter, they had like little weird red fedoras for some reason. Yeah. It's kind of funny to see. They have like the dollar hot dog and five buck beer before the puck drop to get people going a bit earlier. Like they have some promotional stuff. And the big thing, the concessions have been terrible at the rink. Like yeah. we've been waiting for like 40 minutes to try and get like a beer or like pizzas running out before puck drop. Like it's, it's, there's just so many things wrong with the way it's been run. I don't blame the staff. They're short-handed. There's not much they can do with what they yeah. have. So it's not on the arena staff. They're didn't doing the best they can. But, yeah, it's just the in-arena experience. It has been getting better. Like, I know it has been from what I've talked to my friends up in Ottawa right now. They've gone to games. They've said it's gotten a bit better. So, and, like, I know, I think they had DJ Prosper back in the house, which was fun to see. Nice. So, like, it's which you always like to see. Like, he's a favorite. But, yeah, like, Attendance is going to be an issue until this team makes playoffs and starts doing good again. Yeah. Um, and isn't there like 3D logos all over the rink still? When and I was like there, no. Like, that was more so, I, think, I think that was more so, like I, when I went at least, I saw I saw the stuff you're talking about, but I think it was more so preseason when they didn't finish the Renos. Okay. Which it didn't look good because it's like you've had, what, a year and a half to do this stuff. Yeah. And still have like Mark Borvieski stuff hanging up. Clark Bishop on the walls. Or Clark MacArthur, sorry. Yeah, MacArthur, like Borvietsky, Hainsey. Like, <laughs> did you see? Did you see that thing about last last time LA and Ottawa played? It was like the last game of the NHL before COVID. Yeah. And they showed like the team, like Ottawa lost like what, like three two or something, and they're going down the the tunnel to the dressing room, and it showed like I was like, none of those guys are on the team anymore. None. It was like Duclair, Anderson, Hogberg, Willanen, <laughs> Englund, Bobby Ryan. I'm like, oh my god, they're all gone. Yeah, <laughs> it was so weird, and that was only like a year and a half ago. No, it, it's crazy, like how much turnover this team has had since we started the rebuild. But even like every year during the rebuild, like there's just so many new names. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it's been a pretty quiet week for news. Um, obviously, we get all these roster changes and COVID and injuries and just whatnot. Um. But yeah, uh, news-wise, it's been pretty quiet, even just around yeah. the league in general. Um, yeah, since the Eichel trade, there's not been really anything that's really happened of substance. Yeah, like, oh, I guess um, like I think it was Bob Murray stepped away from Anaheim. Oh yeah, he got going uh, to the substance abuse program. Yeah, so and I, I don't even know enough details about that. To yeah, talk so about I don't it. really want to get into it. Like I just saw that he left, so like I don't want to get involved because I don't know the details. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, w when details come out about that, uh, we'll be sure to talk about it and kind of give our thoughts. Um, same with, same as we did with the Chicago Blackhawks situation. Um, but yeah, so that's all we have for today. Um, thanks for coming to listen. And if you enjoyed, make sure you let us know, um, make sure you follow new era sends on Twitter and, uh, Jordan and myself as well. Uh, and check out previous episodes if you have the time. Uh, thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Yep, see you guys.